as I said, we're returning this morning to Luke 15. If you remember this passage of Scripture, it's in this passage of Scripture where Jesus gives three parables back to back, and each of the three parables deal with the lost coming to Christ for salvation. In this parable, we find the parable of the lost sheep. We find the parable of the lost coin and we find the parable of the lost son. We looked at these parables a couple of months ago, but after this month of missions emphasis, uh, I thought it would be beneficial to go back and look at these parables uh, as a means of reminding us uh, of the need to reach the lost, whether it be in our community or whether it be abroad. As we went through this past month, we have many different types of ministries represented. We had Brother Clint Tackett. Uh, who puts together work crews and goes to foreign places uh, and he builds buildings and he uh, builds houses for missionaries to live in and, and he goes and he puts his hand to the work and he ministers uh, in the physical needs. We met Brother Ricky Merriman who prints gospel tracts for specific needs and specific people and he uh, has recently, his most recent project is printing tracts uh, uh, that are written in braille to give to the blind, something I would have never thought of uh, and he said that when he he began this project that people said to him, well, why do, the, why do the blind need a track? Can't they hear the gospel? He said, well, why do you need a track? Can't you hear the gospel? And, uh, you know, many times things we don't think of. And so he's printing this track and making a huge impact in the blind community to have a track that they can read. Uh, we also met missionaries who were going to plant churches. We met Brother Brian Berry going to Ireland to plant, plant a church over there. Uh, uh, we looked at Brother Rick uh, Ramsey who is here in the States, uh, uh, but he helps uh, missionaries in Myanmar, uh, native missionaries. He helps get funding for them and help them. We uh, met Brother Randy Guadalupe, who we were able to help build a building, who is a Filipino national, who is there ministering in the Philippines. And we look at all these missionaries. We look at their ministries and we see a broad range of people. We see a broad range of ministries. We see people here in the States. We see people uh, who are overseas. We see those who, who minister to their community here. We see those who take the gospel to a foreign land. And whenever you look at this, you may wonder, uh, uh, why do we need such a variety of ministries? Why do we need such a variety of people taking the gospel? Uh, uh, why is it necessary? And when we look at this passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning, uh, I believe that we will see we need a variety of ministries because there are a variety of people who are lost and in need of the gospel. And so we need a variety. So we're going to be here in Luke chapter number 15. We're going to read a lengthy passage of Scripture. We're going to start in verse number 1 and read down through verse number 24. So we will be reading all three of the parables. So you follow along with me. And then after we're finished with the text, we'll pray and get into the message. Here in Luke 15, in verse number 1, the Bible says... Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. 
I say unto you that likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. In verse number eight, he enters into the next parable. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. So we've seen the lost sheep, we've seen the lost coin, and now in verse number 11 we see the lost son. And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat. Be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, we open the word of God. Father, I pray that you will speak to us through your word. Father, I pray that you will move me out of the way. And that, Father, I will simply be an instrument that you are able to speak through. And, Father, Lord, I pray that you will open your word to this congregation. I pray, dear Father, oh Lord, that our hearts will be receptive. I pray, dear Lord, that we will hear the message that you are proclaiming. And, Father, Lord, we will allow it to work in our hearts and to make a difference in our lives, Father, I pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, dear Father, that it is practical. I thank you that it's applicable. I thank you, dear Lord, that it can make a difference in our lives. And Father, I pray that we will heed your word this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Bless each one that is here. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. There's quite a bit here in this passage. And of course, each one of these parables could be preached on singularly by themselves uh, uh, with a full message. And so to combine them together, uh, we'll have to move through them somewhat quickly. Uh, but there is a great truth that I believe is to be seen here in looking at these parables uh, together. When we look at these parables together, there's several things that we see. Uh, uh, we see three examples of lost souls. Uh, of course, we see the example of the sheep. Uh, uh, 
exemplifying a lost soul. We see the coin again exemplifying a lost soul and then we see the prodigal son exemplifying a lost soul. In these stories, not only do we see three examples of those without Christ, but we see three examples of soul winners, those who go and win the lost. In these three parables, we see the example of the shepherd going to find the lost sheep. We see the example of the woman who lit a candle and swept her house to find the coin. And we see the example of the father who received the prodigal back home. So we see three examples of those without Christ. We see three examples of those who take the gospel to those who are without Christ. When we look at these parables, we also see three methods of winning the lost. We see three that are lost, three that are going to win the lost, but we see three methods of winning the lost. When we look at these parables, we see the concern of the shepherd. The shepherd is concerned for this lost sheep. Not only do we see the concern of the shepherd, but we see the commitment of the woman who was committed to find that coin that was lost. And we see the consistency of the father in receiving his son back home. In addition to these things, we also see three pictures of salvation. Although we are all saved the same way, by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't all find ourselves, find our way to that place of repentance the same way. And in these stories we see three different ways in which people came to this place of repentance. We see the sheep is escorted back to the fold. We see that the coin is enlightened by the candle of the lady searching for it. And we see that the son is embraced by a loving father but each of them found their way back. This morning with the Lord's help, I want us to look at each one of these parables. And in looking at these parables, there's a goal for this message. There's a twofold goal for the message this morning. First, I pray. Prayed this morning. I've prayed while we were singing and leading up to the message. I pray if there's any here this morning that is lost, that through this message, you will see yourself. That through this message you will recognize where you are at and you will see clearly the way to repentance and salvation. Second of all, the second goal that I have for this message is I pray that this message will speak to the heart of every believer that is gathered together here this morning and it will speak to our hearts in revealing our responsibility to take the message of salvation beyond these walls, to take the hope of the gospel and to spread it to a lost and a dying world, whether that be going into our own community and sharing the gospel, or whether that be giving that others may go into the uttermost parts of the world, or whether that be sacrificing our own life and surrendering to take the gospel to those around the world. I believe that the greatest responsibility of every Christian and the commission of every church is to spread the gospel. And it is my prayer this morning that this message will help us to recognize and remember our responsibility to spread the gospel. As we return to this passage of Scripture, first let us consider the lost sheep and the shepherd. The first one that we want to come back and look at this morning is the first parable 
and that is that of the lost sheep and the shepherd. When we look at this passage of Scripture, the first thing I want to bring your attention to is the condition of the sheep. The condition of the sheep. Have you ever observed a sheep uh, that was separated uh, from the herd? Have you ever seen a sheep uh, that had gotten separated or that felt uh, that it was uh, not where it belonged? Boy, they can act quite interesting. Uh, a sheep that's been separated from the herd, if perhaps they're separated in a field uh, and the sheep can see the herd but he can't get to them, he'll run back and forth up that fence line and he'll bleat and he'll holler and he'll run back and forth up that fence line. He knows he's separated but he can't can't get to him. If he cannot see the herd, a sheep will sometimes do some very, uh, very, let's say, interesting things when they cannot see the herd. Uh, many times they'll run aimlessly through a field. Uh, they've been known to just run off of cliffs uh, without any purpose. Uh, they've been known to try and jump fences and, and jump over ravines and get their legs stuck and get themselves tangled up and, and end up uh, harming themselves because they're not with the herd and they are frantically looking, trying to to find where they belong. Uh, these sheep remind me of many unsaved who I encounter in the world. Uh, the world is full of people, full of people who know something is missing. This world is full of people uh, that in their heart, uh, maybe it's because as a young child uh, they were uh, presented with the gospel in Sunday school. Maybe they went to a vacation Bible school and heard the gospel preached. Uh, maybe that friend of the family or a godly family member has told them of their need for salvation. Or perhaps creation has revealed to them that there is somebody way bigger than we are. Or maybe it's just the spiritual consciousness that God puts in the heart of every man that has awakened them to the fact that there is something missing. People go throughout life searching for the answer to what is missing. And if you look at their life in this symbolic way, you begin to recognize that they're acting a lot like these sheep that have been separated from their herd. Boy, they just run frantically. They run into everything. They try everything. If somebody says this is the answer, they they will try it. They may run after addictions. They may run after a perversion. They may run after success. They say whatever is the answer. I know that there's something missing. I know that I need an answer. And they run frantically as a sheep separated from its herd. But the problem is they're not finding what they're looking for because they're sheep that are lost. They are sheep that are lost. Whenever I look at these sheep, I see the condition of the sheep is that they need directed. These sheep, these lost people, are desperately searching, but they don't know where to look. Fellas, I don't know if y'all are like me, but sometimes finding things in the cupboard or in the refrigerator can be quite a challenge. Have you ever ran into that? You're in the refrigerator and you're digging and digging and digging and you're like, honey, where's the mustard? And she says, it's in the door. And you say, it's not in the door. I've taken everything out of the door. There's no mustard in the door. And she walks into the kitchen and reaches into the door and pulls out the mustard. I think they keep it up their coat sleeve or something. They slide it down. You ever experienced that? 
You see, we're looking frantically. We want that fried bologna sandwich, but we got to have the mustard. And we are looking frantically to find what we need, but we don't know where to look. You know what? That's a, that's a humorous illustration, but it so applies. This world is full of people who are frantically looking, but they don't know where to look. What they need is someone to direct them. Someone to direct them. When I think of the lost sheep, I think of the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts who was riding through the desert and he was reading in the book of Isaiah and the Lord sent Philip and Philip comes up in the chariot and Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I except some man guide me? The Ethiopian eunuch was looking, he was searching, he was going in the right direction, but he did not understand unless someone was to give him some direction. I think of the Philippian jailer who whenever the earthquake hit and the bars was, the jail was opened, Paul and Silas was there in the jail and the Philippian jailer come running in and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? We see that this man came in and he wanted some direction. Somebody tell me what I must do. I think of the Samaritan woman who Jesus encountered and she began to ask Jesus religious questions. She said, where should we worship? Some say we should worship in Jerusalem. Some say we should worship here. Where should we worship? She was she was looking. She knew that there was something she needed, but until somebody gave her some direction, she wasn't going to be able to find it. I look here and I see the condition of the shepherd or the condition of the sheep. They are lost people who know they need a Savior, but they have no idea how to find Him. Next, I want you to notice the concern of the shepherd. The concern of the shepherd in verse number 4, there in Luke 15, it says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? The soul winner in this story is aware that there's a lost sheep. He is aware that there's a sheep in the wilderness who is being exposed to certain danger. He knows that if that sheep is left in the wilderness, that it will, it will most definitely find itself in a place of harm. It may encounter a beast of, uh, that would eat it. It may fall into a ravine. This sheep is in terrible position. It cannot protect himself. And because the shepherd knows this about the the shepherd leaves the familiarity of the fold and goes into the wilderness. Now the fold, you say, what do you mean the familiarity of the fold? Well, you see the shepherd at night when he gets all his sheep into the fold, the sheep are enclosed. The shepherd would oftentimes sit down in the doorway of the fold and once the sheep were in the enclosure, and he was sitting in the doorway of the fold, the shepherd could catch some sleep. The sheep were safe. They were sleeping. Nothing can get into the fold without going by the shepherd. They would wake him if they come over him. The shepherd can rest. He can relax. He can sit there in the door of the fold. Yes, he's doing his job of watching the sheep. Yes, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, but it's not stressful. It doesn't really cause a lot of effort. To, he's able to relax. You know what, oftentimes we find ourselves in the church. When I said this morning, we need to take the gospel out of these walls. 
we find ourselves in the fold. We find ourselves in a place of familiarity. We find ourselves in a place where we're comfortable. But we know that there's a sheep that needs some direction. As long as we're sitting in the fold, that sheep's never going to receive that direction. The stories that are referred to earlier, we see that Jesus sent Philip to the desert to encounter the eunuch. At this time, Philip was preaching in Samaria. Philip was holding a revival meeting. People were getting saved. And the Holy Ghost came to Philip and said, Philip, I need you in the desert. And so the Holy Spirit took Philip and took him over into the desert where there was one eunuch, one lost sheep looking for direction. And Jesus, the Holy Ghost, calls this encounter so that Philip could share the gospel with this eunuch. I think about Jesus telling his disciples uh, that he needed to go through Samaria. He said, I need to go through Samaria. It wasn't the direct route. It wasn't the preferred route. Uh, it wasn't the easiest route. It wasn't the shortest route. Uh, but Jesus said, that's the way we need to go. And the reason he wanted to go that way is because there was a sheep uh, that needed direction. Uh, I think of Paul and Silas. Uh, they were wrongfully placed in prison. Uh, they were wrongfully mistreated. Uh, but the reason uh, that they were there uh, is because there was a sheep that they were going to encounter that needed some direction. I want to say that I believe that our Savior is directing our lives and putting us in the path of sheep that need direction. Before we went to West Virginia to officiate my nephew's wedding, my explorer had developed quite a few mechanical problems, and it seemed the more I tried to fix them, the more mechanical problems it developed. It came to the end of its useful life and wanted retired. So I said, all right, we'll give you what you want. I took it. We went to the car lot. We found an automobile we thought would serve us well. Did all the paperwork. Got the loan approved by the bank. Everything is as it ought to be. Thursday evening, I'm trying to close the deal so I can bring the car home. We were supposed to leave at 8 o'clock on Friday morning. At 5.30, I'm at the bank still waiting. I've been waiting for some time. And the lady comes out and she says, Mr. Tilly, I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to close that tonight. You're going to have to come back in the morning. I said, I'm supposed to leave at 8 o'clock in the morning. You don't open till 9. She said, I'm sorry, Mr. Tilly. This is just how it works out. You have to come back tomorrow. I said, well, not much I can do, but come back tomorrow. So I left. And on the way home, I called Melissa and I said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I know we're supposed to leave at 8. I know you were supposed to be there at the wedding. Melissa was going to be helping with the decoration. She was uh, directing the wedding. I said, I know you were supposed to be there at 1 o'clock. We were supposed to leave at 8 to get there. I don't, we're not able to go uh, until I go back to the bank tomorrow. I said, but don't worry. I'll be there at 9 o'clock. We'll close this thing. Make a long story short, we didn't leave until 1 o'clock on Friday. way later than we were supposed to leave. I was very apologetic. And Melissa said to me, I called her whenever I realized that it was going to be probably 1 o'clock before I got home. I said, called her and I said, look, I'm sorry. Looks like it's going to be a couple more hours before I get home. I apologize. And she said, don't worry. Apparently there is somebody that God's wanting you to talk to. And these situations is lining things up that you're going to encounter someone that God wants you to witness to. And I thought, hmm, glad you're being spiritual today. 
I'm getting frustrated with the way things are going around here. Well, went back to the car lot. I've got the, got the check. I go back to the car lot to give the gentleman the check so that I can take possession of the car. He's writing up the final paperwork. We're minutes from, from me. And then walked a couple into the car lot. And the guy stopped and looked at me and walked off and he came back and looked at me again and kind of was awkward, you know, so I said, Do I know you? He said, I don't know, but you look familiar. Well, I took time to look at him then and I said, you look familiar too. Long story short, this was a guy that I had invited to church 20 years ago who had came to church and had heard me preach. Then we had went different ways. He worked for a different company, had never seen each other again. And I was able to sit there in that car dealership as the guy finished up the paperwork and was able to witness to him, tell him where we were pastoring at now, invite him to church. He said, I'll be, I'll be coming. I'll be coming to visit you. I said, and that's something, how God works. You know what? He is constantly, constantly, constantly directing our lives, orchestrating our lives. He is putting things in place because there are sheep who need direction. Yes, we need automobiles to get around. It's a necessary evil in our day. I sometimes wish we would go back to walking. It's, you know, save a lot on gas and insurance. But anyway, uh, you know what? It's a necessary evil. It's something we have to have, but it's not our main focus. And if I'm late to, the, to getting the wedding decorated but I have opportunity to share the gospel. That is what it's all about. We see here that the, the concern of the shepherd. But then the third thing I see in this illustration is the carrying of the sheep, the carrying of the sheep. The Bible says in verse number 5, and when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. The way of the world can take a toll on people. The entertainment of this world, the activity of this world, the things of this world can wear people down. And a sheep lost in the wilderness can become very tired, very hungry, and very weak as they search for this answer that they are looking for. As they search for a place of peace and a place of safety, a sheep can become worn down and tired and exhausted. And sometimes we will encounter those in need of salvation whose condition is such that they are unable to take themselves to the Savior. You're going to encounter people who need carried to the Savior. You know what? A lot of times we are guilty of only witnessing to those who we feel if they get saved would be a benefit to us. You know what? We need to be going after those sheep that are so worn down by the world that we have to put them on our shoulder and carry them to the Savior. The world has taken a toll on them, but the shepherd is looking for the lost sheep. Sometimes we may have to go out of our way. We may have to be inconvenienced, but we have to go where they are. We may have to change our schedule. We may have to give them a ride. We may have to cancel things of our own personal interest in order to find those lost sheep and give them the direction they need and bring them to the Savior. But in verse number 6, oh, what rejoicing occurs when they get back to the fold. In verse number 6 it says, And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. 
For I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. This morning I ask you, are you a lost sheep looking for direction? Are you here this morning searching for that answer, trying to find what it is that's missing? Are you a lost sheep looking for direction? This morning, Christian, I ask you, are we doing our part to go find those lost sheep and bring them back to the fold? Are we going, looking, searching, finding? Have you ever tried to catch a sheep that was separated from the herd? Many times they don't come to you. They run away from you. You have to chase them down. You have to lasso them rascals. You have to force them to the ground and tie them up. Now, I'm not recommending doing that with people, but it might work. <laughs> but what I am saying is many times when we go out into the world, we're looking for someone who's receptive, someone who's, who's looking for us, but many times they're looking, but they don't know what they're looking for. We need to go find them and tell them and bring them back to the fold. I was going to look at the other two parables this morning, but I've used up all my time looking at the sheep. So we'll come back to this. I may finish it tonight. See what the Lord leads. Let's all stand there. Steve. You come to the piano. If you're here this morning and you're lost, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, and you have that nagging longing in your heart, let me tell you, the answer is found in putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what you're looking for. You may not know it, you may not understand it, but that is what you're looking for, is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior. As Miss Debbie begins to play, I invite you to come to this altar. Let somebody take the Word of God and show you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Perhaps, though, you're here and you are a Christian, but you've been guilty of not taking the gospel to the lost sheep that this world is full of. If the Lord's pricked your heart about doing your part to be a better witness, as Miss Debbie plays, you come. Come to this altar.